I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chaffin. That crowd was, uh, yeah, it was. It's weird because it's like you get excited on New Year's Eve. You know, you're like, hey, I'm, you know, because it's it's hard to get gigs on New Year's. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you're like, I mean, it's nice. Like you get all excited. You know, you put on a clean shirt. You know, and you see like four people in the audience, and that's excitement. Just yeah. like, ah, uh, see you later. Yeah. Well, you know, it, the reality sets in. You're like, oh, this shit ain't changed just because it's you know it's not gonna be some grandiose thing. But uh, well, that's that's the thing. Last night I was at a big theater in Connecticut. It was like you know five hundred people, huge theater. You know, and then you come back and it's like you know nine you feel, people. You feel good about your career there. Oh, for a second. Yeah, yeah. this first, and then you come to this shit and you're like, I need to work harder. Yeah, stand up will knock you down as soon as you start for a second to feel good about yourself, or like and think that you're doing good. Stand up will just fucking pull the rug out from under you and knock you right the fuck down. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, you're feeling good about yourself. Oh, you think you're enjoying this being a comic? I don't think so. We're gonna fucking make sure that you hate yourself right after this set. But uh, nah, they were fine. You know, I think it's funny. I think I, it's I just to feel that way when I like I get happy. And yeah, then something go check the mailbox. I'm like, oh, oh, you get a bill. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna fuck it up. Right there. Oh, are you happy? You happy? All right, go check the mailbox. The mailbox, yeah. Good thing. Oh, I don't want to check that. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like I feel like you know. It's like comedy's. It, we're special people, you know. To, to to keep doing this, you either have to be like a masochist, or <laughs> or you're just, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it like. I was we love this shit. That's what it is. Is we it just, love? It yeah, is love. It is love. It's like yeah. people don't understand. They go, why don't you just? It's a hobby, or why don't you just quit yeah. and just get a regular job? Like, nah, it ain't ain't got nothing to do with the money. It's yeah. something we love to do. Is sometimes it's you got to do with the money. Oh, you got to pay <laughs> bills, but yeah. <laughs> We yeah, I stopped doing do guest spots a long time ago, brother. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. Uh, this is a special New Year's Eve episode, 217 New Year's Eve here at Dangerfields. Uh, you're listening to I'll Leave You With This with Dustin Chafin. Uh, my special guest is my longtime comedy soldier friend, uh, Mr. Teddy Smith in the building. Thank Teddy you, Smith. Thank you for having me. You remember when we first met? Um... I don't know. Remember the, uh, what did we the mean? prom show? He always did that. When we first met. I feel like I kind of well, knew um, you we, before. We knew we knew each yeah. other, but that, that was hilarious. The connection of bond happened when that yeah that prom show, and I was on stage. And oh yeah, <laughs> and you were f- you were hilarious. We could not stop making fun of you. <laughs> yeah, because you like well prom shows are weird because it's like here's you know it's kind of one of those things where it's like you don't want to do them, but you, you don't want to be asked. You don't want to not be asked because then you think you're old. So yeah. if they stop asking, you're like, oh, I'm too old for this shit. So yeah. That's why they ain't asking me. But when you I do them, yeah. But when you do them, you're like, oh, this is terrible. Yeah. So it's like, it's such a funny thing. That's when you say, oh, I'm getting paid. So what? Yeah. Know, that's okay. when you, you know this shit is terrible. And you're like, oh, I'm, just get, I'm getting, I'm getting paid. paid. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, t- it's three o'clock in the morning, but I'm getting $40. And you, um, you would never let me forget. Well, you were hilarious because you just like had this like the baby thing. Yeah, you were talking about <laughs> you had a relative or something, a cousin, and you were like, Shirley, you just have that, that baby. baby. You <laughs> yeah. just don't be worried about protection. Just have that baby. And like what, we were like, what, these are like fifteen-year-olds, and you're like, have a kid. Just yeah, ruin just your life. It. You have a kid in high school. 
But uh, now it's... Right. This dude's cool, but he's getting on my nerves now with this. I don't think they ever think we're cool. <laughs> we think we think they think we're cool, but they never think we're cool. <laughs> no, I'm talking about you. Oh, no. None <laughs> of us like, are cool. None of us are cool as we think we are. But yeah. uh, now, nah, but uh, yeah, well, that's the thing with stand-up. It's like uh, Irene Bremis said it bust. Uh, she said, you know, comedians are the Mexicans of showbiz. Like we, you know, get like shit on and get like the worst rate and all this stuff and then it's just like we have to work our way up and work harder than everybody else in showbiz yeah we do so you know you know and then we get like people want to know why you're so angry and shit yeah. when you do make it like people then fucked this over for some you know for so long oh yeah and you you don't lose that shit people think you forget the fucked up shit they do to you like oh he's forgiving me no well, comedy we just don't say anything, but yeah. we, we still think about what you did. Oh, I remember stuff. I got. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I, 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 I got a list. Like, that's why I, I had to get off Facebook. I was blocking more people than I was accepting. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, was like, I go. I got to get off this shit. Uh, Facebook. Oh my god. <laughs> well, you're crazy on Facebook. I was yeah. talking to Kevin Downey Jr. We had. A, uh, he's the last episode, and he's crazy on Facebook. Like he's like Donald Trump and all that shit. And I he just talking to makes people, people crazy. Like I mean, like I stopped talking about Trump with them. Yeah. Because then you know you're gonna lose friends. Yeah, I mean we're gonna lose friends anyway, you know. And then and then you have another angle, you know, with race and things, and you know. Yeah. I don't talk about it as much as I yeah. used to. I'm, now yeah. I talk about. But you, I mean, I you hate disguise it. You hate white people, but you like white women. Exactly. Yeah. I hate white people. <laughs> but that, you love. But you love that white is women. Crazy when people say that uh, you don't like white people. Why? But you love white women now. That's what you love. Yeah. Yeah. I hate white people. <laughs> Crackers, cracker, 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 cracker. I hate white people too. I don't like white people. I mean, I don't like. There's a certain kind of white person I don't like. You know, I, I, you generally don't like a white guy in a sweater. You know, Why? I feel I don't know. There's just something about white guys in sweaters that the bother me. Thing is like arrogance. Yeah, it just feels like there's a there's you. a snobbiness to it that I don't like. There's not a realness to that person. You know, for some reason, it's a stereotype in my head, but. You know, and that's that with stand-up comics, it's like we get, we see everybody. We see every kind of person in the world. So it's like we get a pretty good read on people. Yeah, but, we do. And I think if you're, what's good about stand-up too is like you can't be racist or homophobic in stand-up because we're all together. You know what I mean? Like you and I are in the same room together. I mean, we would have never met each other in the real world. But as comics, <laughs> we're fucking forced to be next to each other. You know, it's funny. It's so true, yeah. though. It's it like is. We would never, yeah, yeah, just like gay guys and Asian dudes and black dudes and girls. Like they, we wouldn't be friends with each other in a normal circumstance. But comedy brings us together. So we're just like, hey. See, but then we get to know each yeah. other. Like, oh shit, we're real people. I, you like to, yeah. yeah, you like fucking rock music and shit. Nobody would yeah. saw that coming. See, I love rock. Like, music. yeah, people don't. You I know, like white people. See, I told you, I knew it was, I knew I was right. <laughs> so you act all like, hey, don't be saying this shit. Somebody I'm not go book I'm, me. Somebody I'm, not go book a great me now. Actor. <laughs> hey, Stanley, how's it going? Well, I was talking to um, uh, to Kevin Downey Jr. last night, and we were talking about where, you know, his Facebook is different than his act. Oh, way different. Yeah, like he doesn't really get into political stuff. He doesn't like, you know, he's not really pushing the buttons of people. He's just doing silly jokes and things. It's funny shit. But he's not, you know, bringing in his true feelings on stage. I feel with you, it's like you've started to do that a little bit. I think it's like over the past year or something, you've got, 
you know, some jokes, some jokes definitely have the implication, like the, with uh, the cop stuff and like, watch your head, you know, stuff like that. See, I, I stopped <laughs> yeah. doing that. Did you? Yeah. Why'd you stop doing the joke about the police and oh, brutality so, and I stuff? I heard somebody else did it. Oh. So I'm like, okay. that person did it. I'm like, I ain't doing it because it's too easy. Then. Yeah. When, I, when people start taking your stuff. Oh, God. Like, tell me about it. Yeah, you're like, I got you. Because, you know, I don't want to fight over a joke. And the joke's yeah. not even worth it. You know, it sometimes it is. Shit up to people. My, sometimes like, it that, is. The watch your head joke to me is like, okay. That's a fucking. You let it go. Yeah, I let it go. Like that's yeah. not important. Yeah. How often is, do you feel like it's happened in your career where you just like somebody, you do a joke and you've done it for a while. You know, it does well on stage, and then somebody starts to creep in on it, and you know, and then you have to kind of like either make that decision of letting it go or write something different. In or, my mind, I'm just thinking I just I had to create something better, something that they can't take. Yeah. You know, it's just like you got to get deeper into yourself. Because they can't really steal you. No. So, and then your mind, you keep creating. They they can keep taking. But people going to know that they stole from you because it's you. So you got to make jokes that's really you. Yeah, but there's a, but there's like, there should be an honor system in comedy. <laughs> you know what I mean? There should fuck. It's a code, though. Honor it's a honor system it's, in life, but that it's, doesn't. It's true, man. but but this is different, man. We have fucking band of brothers, man. Like you know, every great comic had four fucking guys taking care of them. So it's like we're supposed to take care of each other. All I do is take care of comedians. So it's like I don't. I hate it when I don't see that love coming back. I got. I've had young guys that I've taken care of and like fucking put on my stages, and then they fucking lift from me. And it's just like, and then be adamant that they did that, that, you know, it's okay that they did because, you know, some bullshit. It's like, you've watched me. I, I've actually told you that you're creeping in on something and then you still do it anyway. And then now I'm like, fuck you, you're dead to me. So you know there's young comics stealing your shit. Oh, yeah. I've oh, called them I out seen, on it. I've seen one. Yeah. There's, I've seen there's a couple. One. There's I a couple. The name, but. There's a couple. Whoa. There he is right now. He's coming in the door. This is hilarious. My last podcast, the fire alarm kept that's going the, off. That's the FBI. What is that? Why is that so buzzing? I don't know. That's crazy. What the hell is that? I don't know. That's we hilarious. Have we have a... I think the nuclear... <laughs> I think Korea... <laughs> Korea has bombed. We're in a bomb shelter. Korea has bombed. What the fuck is that? I don't know what to do. Trying to stop this conversation. You think it's Tony? Yeah, we. Uh, we having such a good flow. Uh. Jesus! All right, we have to stop. The fuck? Okay, everybody, we uh, finally got rid of that crazy noise. That's hilarious, Teddy. Last time I recorded uh, Joe DeRosa, we did a podcast in his hotel room, and. During the entire thing, the hotel, uh, st they were doing a uh, fire alarm test. So we'd start to get into it, and we'd have something meeting and start getting a good conversation. And then all of a sudden, beep, beep, this is a test, this is a test. It happened for like two hours. It kept going off. So I can't believe every time I try to do a podcast with somebody, there's some crazy noise. So this buzzer, uh, people, is like we're in – first of all, we're in – the green room at the legendary uh, Dangerfields in New York City, and this green room—I mean, this this couch—I think is probably like four thousand babies are on this couch. Like this, <laughs> this—I'm not going to be able to get up off this couch. It's like you know, and this green room is legendary. I mean, I think this is where everybody partied and stuff. But anyway, so I was talking to the owner, 
he came in, he was trying to fix this buzzing noise, and he said that thing has never gone off, and he was joking, and he said, uh, he said I think it's the ghost of Rodney Dangerfield. He said, I think Rodney's, like, going, hey, guys, what's going on? It's a green room. Where's the chicks? Where's the coke? You know, what's going on? <laughs> Stop this podcast. Yeah, why are you guys just talking about comedy? You should yeah. be doing blow and, like, banging hookers. <laughs> it's like, why? You guys, you guys are the worst comics ever. It's I know. <laughs> All <laughs> clean. Yeah, you guys. No just, drugs. Yeah, no, no drugs and no coke. What's going on with you guys? You guys are so not rock and roll. This is Rodney's house. You're supposed to party. You know, bring the party. They probably did some wild shit here. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, yeah, it was a different time, man. Because this, I mean, this place was open, what, in the 70s? I think it opened in, like, 69 or something, 68. 60, yeah. 69. 69. <laughs> <laughs> 69. I think it was, though, 68 or 69, I think, something like that. But it's, uh, yes, yeah, that's the oldest club in Manhattan, I think, oldest comedy club. So that couch been there since '69. Oh yeah, this couch. Like I said, this couch is there's yeah. There's a country on this couch. There's a lot of kids here. Uh, yeah, I mean I you know, I think uh, yeah, comedy's not. I was talking to Kevin about it last night on the other episode I did, but it's like uh, yeah, comedy's not as fun as it used to be. <laughs> I think a lot of us have like. You know, sobered up and got our shit together, Realized and so that. yeah. But comedy eventually be just becomes a job. I mean, it's still passionate and it's still artistic and it's still amazing and everything. But it, you know, you grow up a little bit. Unfortunately, you know, it's one of those things that kind of happen. I think I love it more now. Now, than I, than I appreciate you did then. it more now. Yeah, I take it much more serious. Yeah. than I did before. Well, let's get back to the ghost, yeah. like Ronnie Dangerfield ghost. You believe in ghosts? Yeah. <laughs> you said that one, with a, with a scared look in your every, eye. One touches me every night when I go to bed. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield ghost. Naked, so you know, prepare for the ghost. That's hilarious. Touch me. Now, do you really believe in ghosts? Do you have yeah. an experience? Well, what makes you believe in ghosts? Because uh, I just believe that spirit leaves the body. But you never had like a crazy experience. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Can you explain? I was. I was in my mother's house, okay. sleeping on her couch. All right. It was like maybe three something in the morning, and I remember l- watching, like where her basement door was. Okay. And I remember seeing some like foggy like thing, wo- like come floating towards me. Whoa! But it wasn't coming towards me because it didn't see me. Like, yeah. And I saw it, and I was looking at it, watching. It was dark, you know. Yeah. But I was watching it. And then it w- it was going up the steps, but then it came back down, and it, 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 it like it realized that I could see him, or whatever it was, I could see it, and it came <laughs> started coming towards me. <laughs> I kid you not, man. <laughs> it said it, it it came towards my face, yeah. and it said <laughs> like that, I, man. No, no and really, my hair, my, I got chills like this on really my arms happened. and stuff. I got chills like. And how old were you? Was like what my my forties? Really? Yeah, that's insane. I got chills, and the and the, and the chills stayed. And you weren't drinking or anything? Nope. Wow, that shit came right. It went up the step, but then it came back. It floated back down, like it said, "This motherfucker sees me." Really? And it's like it, it just got mad, like it yelled at me for seeing him. Like wow. I, I can't, I'm, you I sure that wasn't your ex wife? <laughs> <laughs> she sent that motherfucker to get me. She- <laughs> was scared this motherfucker. Scare him into a job. Make <laughs> him stop doing his comedy. Yeah, bullshit. send some more money, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, money. Wow, wow, okay. Yeah, that, um, that kind of freaked me out. I, yeah, 
I don't know, you know. I, I want to believe everything. You know what I mean? Like I'm one of those people that I want to believe in ghosts. I want to believe in aliens. I want to, you know what I mean? I want to. I, I like I like the idea of all those things. I just don't know. You, you know, need proof. You need proof. You want proof. <laughs> I don't. Everybody wants proof nowadays. Like. I try, proof? though. Where's the proof? I know, but I try. I mean, I just, I'd like to have an experience. I wouldn't want to call it proof. I'd just like to say an experience. Okay, just say, say, fuck spirits, fuck the, all that shit, and then go to bed, and then something's going to come. I believe in spirits. Hey, you don't believe in us, Nick? <laughs> Here's the deal. I don't believe, the same with religion. It's like, like, like with ghosts or whatever, I just, I don't believe ghosts. Like the you know, whenever somebody sees a ghost in like a TV show, like a documentary thing or something, it's always some ghost from like you know, with the fucking you know, they got clothes on and stuff. It's like, yeah, like, I don't... that doesn't make sense to me. That you're gonna see some kid that looks like he did in a photograph, you know, 1920s or something. Still got a little little mini tuxedo on or something. Like it's just weird. There's a story about a uh, little white boy. That was... Why does he gotta be white? No, I'm kidding. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was white though. And, yeah, and, but he would say things because. He was talking about the Chicago and and what happened to him in Chicago, and they were like, "What are you talking about? You're only yeah. like you're a little boy." Okay. And he, but he was telling the experience, the story of a black woman that because she they 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 hypnotized him, whatever. They took him to a okay place, and they said, "Who are you?" And he gave a name, yeah, and where he lived and how he died, and they looked it up, and it was a black woman in Chicago that died in a fire in the building. Mm. And he said that's how he died. Wow! Like her spirit, he came. She came yeah. back as him. But you, you're one of those. You, you're like a, um, you're like a spiritual guy. And like, sorry, I didn't mean to say white boy. <laughs> <laughs> you just said, Dude, I, let me tell you I, something. I you like can say whatever people. the fuck you want with me. I'm gonna make fun of you, but you can say whatever you want. Um, yeah, we're not gonna ruin comedy by yeah. not being able to say shit anymore. But no, I, you know. But you're one of those funny guys. Like you, I have fun experiences with you, where you know, like you'll you'll dream stuff, and like you, you know, you very you're very much attached to that kind of life, where you you know feel like but I didn't look you for believe it. in stuff that I didn't look that for happened it. to you. It, it just stuff started coming to me like yeah, that. you know, well, that's interesting. Yeah. No, I think you know I want to believe in all that stuff. You know, Native American background and stuff. Like I believe in like spirits, and I think you know I think I think something. You know, like I believe in reincarnation. That's the one thing I guarantee, I definitely believe in. You know, whenever you see like a little fucking four year old playing piano, like a you know, like an, a fucking concerto, yeah, you see a little fucking you know, little Chinese kid like fucking going crazy. You're like, what the fuck? You're like, there's no way that's not somebody else in there. You know what I mean? Seriously, and you see, believe in that? Oh yeah, you see animals that do like crazy smart shit. You're like, that's a fucking person, man. You know, the little videos, the little cat ringing a bell or yeah. doing weird shit, like, you know, on a typewriter or whatever. But it's like, <laughs> but it's like typing a novel. You're like, hey, that's Hemingway. But I, no, I believe in, yeah, I think our our energy, I wouldn't call it a spirit. I wouldn't call it this thing that floats out of our body, like the way that, you know, people, you know, the way that, that we, we well, try to put our own imagery on it. I believe we're spiritual beings. Yeah. We're borrowing this body. We're borrowing it like a yeah. house. Like you rent a house, you stay in a house, but sure. and then you move. Like I, okay. I believe that the spirit, you're a spiritual being that's borrowing this body to become a human being. Maybe, yeah. And then when you die, your spirit moves on. Like your spirit never dies. Yeah. Your body dies, but Maybe. the spirit never dies. Maybe. I, I hope so. You know, Like I said, I hope, I hope life is more interesting than sometimes I think it is. I believe that 
Because sometimes I think it's not mad when people commit suicide. This is I really believe this. Yeah. You know that we're here to, to serve a purpose. We're here to do something, a job. Yeah. And some people are like, I don't like it here. I want to go back home. I believe, sure. I believe we, this is not our home. We somewhere else. Well, a lot of comics are suicidal for sure. And, and I feel like they just don't want to be here. They, they quit in their yeah. job. Okay. So they kill. They know they can't leave unless yeah. the body dies. So they commit suicide. Yeah. Well, comedy will make you want to. Uh, commit suicide. <laughs> It'll make you want to end your life. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's, you know. We're it's, a different breed. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. we are a different breed, but I think uh, it's hard to do this. You know, it's hard to, like, just, the hardest thing in comedy, you know, my advice always to young people in comedy is you have to force yourself to stay enthusiastic because once you lose that, like I'll, like, I'll see comics start to get jaded, and, you know, we've been in it a long time, and we've been doing this a while, and you know, and it's, you know, it, it's it's tough to to you know to stay. It's like you got to stay positive in a negative business, because it can get very negative. And so, but the key is staying positive with all the surroundings of of everything that goes on. You know, with you know the way the comedy circle is, where it's like some people get booked, some people don't. Some people get television, some don't. Some people get celebrated some don't but one, one good thing about this year is uh, i feel like a lot of us are going to have a lot of great opportunities in comedy because every other comic is going down for sexual harassment and stuff so i think <laughs> like comedy's opening up like <laughs> so you just gotta keep straight <laughs> yeah, keep your just, nose clean keep straight and oh you can yeah move up the ladder because Abs- people, yeah. people are falling off the ladder you got no more louis ck you got no bill cosby you got no, yeah so you know, yeah it's great you know tj miller a lot of these guys are going down so it's like you know it's the opportunity Opportunities are opening up. So, ladies, uh, get those accusations ready and uh, help comedy. Uh, we're thinning why, out the why herd. They come <laughs> out like 20 years later and shit. What's up? The women come out so late with it. Like, why don't you just report the motherfucker right at the time? Because it's not that easy, man. It's just like, you know, that's the thing. It's like, you know, as men, it's easy for us to say that. But, you know, women have been victims for so long, it's not. I don't think, you know, it's not that easy to just report something right away. You don't know what the situation is. Like, when it's somebody that's in your work environment, it's somebody that's you trusted, it's somebody like you. I think sometimes with women, it's like shit happens, and then they don't even, like, they don't feel they can say something right away. You know, because... So why they can say it later, but they can't say it then? Well, they say it later because um, the opportunity is kind of opening up where they feel safe in this time to say something. Well, this is the time to say something because the Louis C.K. stuff wasn't like twenty years ago. It was, you know, it wasn't that long ago. Well, some of it was, some of it wasn't. It was like a a, pan, a span of time, but uh, well, like I said, you know, it's like this is the time to kind of like after. I think after the Cosby thing resurgence because that shit was going on before. I knew about it. Yeah, we all knew about it. But he had paid them all off. And they didn't say anything, and then a long time, and then the time came. And then it was like, okay, those women start talking again because. Statue of limitations or whatever, and then they started talking, and then it came up again. But you notice that they had like, oh, 60 people accused them, 60 women, and then all of a sudden they, they narrowed it down to two they can bring to court, and then they had one they can only bring to court, and then yeah. they found her lying, and then like, now it just disappeared. And I told people, I said, that shit gonna disappear, watch. I said, Cosby not going to jail. He's not, he's too old, man. They're, no, uh, he's, said, he's too old and too protected. He's too old and too protected. 
They you just know? want to teach him a lesson. They didn't, I mean, he didn't teach him anything. Like, yeah, he's, they they fucked you know. Him over. He's, like, fucked he, up now. He's fucked up. Well, he's fucked up anyway. stressed and all that shit. He's we, it's up. sad, you know. It's sad that, like, one of the greatest comics of our generation, of the time of any generation, he's a fucking amazing comedian. He opened doors for so many people. And then now it's like, that's what he's known for. You know, and that's fucking sad. Louis C.K., the top of the fucking cream. Nobody's like as successful as that guy right now, and like lost everything. It's just, it, it, they're just idiots. The fact that you would even do that. When they're not, huh? When they're not famous and all that shit, like. Well, that's what I, happens, when and it then happens they're on a lower level. Get them then. It's easier. Well, like I said, it's easy for you. You have a penis. It's a whole different ball game. It's easy for you to say, "Hey, women, just go after the guy as soon as it happens." It's like it's like it's like why black people are afraid of the cops. Like why it's easy for white people to be like, "Why are you afraid of the cops? What's the big deal?" You know, why are you afraid of the cops? You know, it's easy for a white person to say that, but it's same with same with a woman. It's easy for a guy to be like, "Why don't you just call you know the well, there's, you there's, know right there's away?" Men in prison right now for doing that kind of shit. Doing what kind of shit? Like what Louis C.K. and all and Bill Cosby and all them. There's men in okay. prison for that. Okay. I mean, like for me, if I did it to some woman right now, I'd be in I'd be in jail right now. Maybe. She'd go right to the police, report me, and I'd be in jail. It's jails is filled with guys that you got to understand. Well, first so, of all, it's not that cut and dry, and especially in show business, because in show business, you know, somebody like let's say Louis C.K.'s manager, who did get involved. You know, said things to these young comics like, hey, you know, I'll take care of you or if you could just, you know, that's what Louis does. If you could just not, you know, report this, you know, I'll get you in a festival or I'll get you some gigs. So you got money, then you, yeah, can, get you, away, got, you can get away with everybody's, race, you can get absolutely, away with all that shit. Everybody's paying people off. Everybody's doing favors. He's They silence these girls to, you know. So to, it's, not, it's not them coming out. It's just people silence them. Yeah, Every, all those Cosby chicks were silenced, all these... Yeah, so that's what it is. That's what it's it is. People silence it. It's not that they can't come out. It's like, hey, here's this. Well, here's the, that's the problem. Yeah. It's don't take the fucking money. Yeah, don't take the money then. Just like, yeah. no, fuck that. He, he did this to me. Yeah, but know? the money's hard not to take when you're like a struggling artist. You know, that's... Sometimes you got to take a stand, though. Sometimes well, it costs right. you. But Sometimes you got to take a knee. No, it's better than taking two knees. <laughs> Huh? Am I right? Is this thing on? Check, check. So uh, it's money, though. It's like it's not about them coming out. It's about money and people covering shit up, and that's what happens. When you got money, you can cover stuff up, and you just gotta say no, no, no. You can't pay me off. We gotta stop this shit before too many women get hurt. Yeah, well, comedy's comedy's a shady business. You know, it's like, uh, you know, just. Um, the people that get into it, you know, don't. I don't think we all know what we're getting ourselves into. Once we're just, then you're locked in, and then you just. Because we see the flash, we see the money, we see the movies, yeah. we see the TV show. Never you get in this shit, and you're like, ah. <laughs> I'm working a firehouse <laughs> in fucking Poughkeepsie. You work at Starbucks. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm a comedian, and what are you doing making lattes then? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's like, uh, yeah, it's a weird thing. What's uh, what's uh, what's a hell gig that you've? Do you have any crazy hell gigs? You remember, like when you were early on, uh, or recently? Hell yeah! <laughs> what's what's like the weirdest place you've done stand up? On a boat. On a boat. Yeah. Yeah, black man on a boat, never I good. Did a boat. It was a small. It was like a. <laughs> it was a uh, Hasidic Jews. Oh God. Uh, div divorce, and they trying to meet other 
divorced people. Oh, God. Like that that sounds like boat. a nightmare. I was on a boat, a small boat. Um, it's like how, yeah, it's how, rocking back and forth at nighttime. No spotlight. No spotlight. Of course not. Little speaker for, uh, you know, so, and then they, they really didn't want to hear. They were there to mingle and, and <laughs> shit. And I'm sitting there trying to tell jokes. Oh, my God. Think the, about this. A they're talking, comic, right? Black comic. On a boat. On a boat. Telling jokes to Hasidic <laughs> Jews that's trying to get laid. Oh my God, that's hilarious! And Do they talk to? They're chatting with yeah, each other. Yeah, they were just talking. They yeah. weren't listening. Oh my and God! One guy, they were uptight too. So, but sure. one, one of the guys there said, "Hey, you were good." They're just uptight. You know, I like yeah. what you did. And I was like, <laughs> I sat there. I was, I was sitting by the woman. She was like, "It was great." I was like, "No, it wasn't." Yeah. They laughed. I said, "No, they didn't really laugh." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I sat there for I was quiet for like yeah. ten minutes. I was like, I ain't gonna do that. And it took me almost three weeks to get my fucking money. Really? Yeah. Wow. See, that's they, the worst. Like, oh, we we, we 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 sent it to the wrong address. <laughs> that's why I like to get my money right up. Like, give me my money right now. I'm here. Oh yeah. Don't mail the shit. Don't you hate that when they oh, say, yeah. we'll mail you the check? Oh yeah. I did. I just. I yeah. I can't deal with that. Once in a while, it'll happen. But now you don't have to do it. You just PayPal me, Venmo. You know, whatever. Oh, we'll, we'll mail you the check. Yeah. Fuck that mail the check, man. You write me a check right now. Last night I had to get some extra money out of somebody. It's like it's yeah. Comedies, it's just, it's, yeah, it's the thing. It's like, that's all we ask. It's like any other job, you know, you do your job, you get paid, you know. But comedy's like a, people think sometimes they can get away with not paying us or not right away or, you know, however, on their time, you know. Oh, we didn't have the turnout, so. Boats are. You ever t- had that? Yeah. We didn't get the turnout we thought we were going to get. So. Ain't got nothing to do with me. Yeah, they got. <laughs> I ain't fucking, ain't got nothing to do with me. I did what you asked me to do. Which was get up here and tell jokes. Now, just because you don't have your shit together and promoting, that's got nothing to do with See, me now, doing this. Bomb, yeah. Can I say to you, uh, still, I didn't. The jokes didn't come out the way I thought they would. Yeah, I did and a. Pr- I still get my money. <laughs> I did a prom show on a boat, and it was terrible. Oh, and we cool. were, uh, I was all fucked up because I, I was had a catering gig that I was doing, and then and then I had the prom show at night, and I was like. And when you do catering, it's all you. We would all get fucked up. Like we're all like tuxedo catering guys, and we would just you know we were doing parties like P Diddy and all kinds of crazy shit. And then we just and then after the gig, everybody's just smoking spliffs and fuck drinking you know forties, drink getting drunk, getting crazy. And so I was drunk as shit before I got to the boat. So it's like me and uh, the Greg Wilson, and we're standing there. <laughs> <laughs> he said the Greg Wilson. The I Greg Wilson. Oh, he's crazy. And we were just. We were standing there, and they kicked us off the boat. One of those, they kicked us off the boat. Like we were, uh, like we got on the boat, and then they kicked us off. And then I got on another boat. It was like it was. I don't know what happened. It was a blur. I was so fucked up. But I remember one point, it was like we pulled a joint out, and like it was just a nightmare. But it's like a long time ago. Yeah, it was. And you can't. And the thing is with the boats is when you're on a boat, I've done a lot of comedy on boats, and you can't fucking leave. That's the thing. It's just like you, you know, you do comedy. You bomb your ass off, and you're uncomfortable. And you're you insecure. Suck, you just want to fucking leave. You just want to get away from people, and you can't. What are you gonna jump into Hudson? Like you can't leave. <laughs> you just, yeah, yeah, you just want to freaking get out of there. Bail my check to me. Oh my god. Oh, fuck you. I ain't hanging out. Yeah. You can't hang out if you bomb. If you don't do well, but you it's hang but out. that's the thing is it's like the boat's the worst. And the guys that do cruise ships and stuff, they tell me you know I can't, I can't do cruise ships. I'm too edgy for that. But I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta see those people all the time. That's so much pressure. You know, that's what's great about New York City is like, you know, the recycle audiences so much. Right. There's so many different people that come through over and over and over, and uh, you know, it's like you, if you bomb, they don't see you again. You know. Have you ever done corporate gigs? Not too much. A little bit. I've done a few things, private situate parties and stuff, and some corporate pay, things. Pay well, Sometimes, yeah, I've done a few things. Snap on tools, and you know, with my look, it's going to be, uh, you know, shit like blue collar shit, you know, like saw companies and fucking truck, truck, truck companies and shit, <laughs> <laughs> duct tape manufacturer. Like, you you know? Know? <laughs> we, got truck, we got a truck company gig for you. Like, why, why? I mean, truck company, <laughs> big rigs. You know, like smoking the bandit. Yeah, <laughs> Peter Bilt. Peter Bilt's got a fundraiser coming up. Uh, but I've done some shit like that. You know, I did Urban Outfitters and some weird shit. You know, whatever. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I did. I did a corporate for Urban Outfitters. Paid like fucking eight grand. I figured I'll take it. Oh shit. Um, hmm. Urban. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what, what was that? <laughs> Who books that? Who books that? Yeah. Who books that? <laughs> you hear eight grand? Who books that? Who books that shit? Who is that? Who, um, do I know you? Yeah, I used to work at Urban Outfitters when I first got to New York. I worked there. Does that piss you off when you like you don't know a person? Like, oh, who books that? Like you, you know, you're just gonna tell them like you don't know who they are. Um, yeah, when Can they you mean hook it. Me up? Can you hook me up? Well, that's a punchline now, but it used to those. You know, when you say that, it's like, hey, who books that? Like, it's kind of a funny thing. Like, if you were to say that to me, I would kind of laugh. Right. But then there's people that really mean it, and you know, <laughs> the, and you're just like, no, dude, that's supposed to be funny. Like, you're not supposed to say that and actually mean it. I'm not gonna give you the fucking information. And uh, but yeah, I think people. Oh, this guy. The buzzer's on again. He did it. He did it. So, yeah. So, before we were, uh, Rodney uh, buzzed back. us in again. <laughs> it's this this 1955 um, <laughs> intercom we got here. I think it's the first intercom that was ever invented. It's like the CB radio of intercoms. Um, I even forget what we were talking about. That fucking that noise will drive you crazy. I was talking about just doing boats and stuff and corporates and things. And what You know. <laughs> so uh, what is um you know a lot of a lot of guys that listen to my stuff or you know young comics and stuff and you know I try to give you know like mentoring advice and things and you know just kind of you know pro the process really you know people have been asking me to to talk more about the process in stand up comedy and like so when you when you like you know, tackle a bit. Like, you know, you have a new bit. Let's be like your Jesus bit, or like you know, a bit about your family, or whatever it is. How how is that process for you? Like, once you, to how do you get it from like an idea to like you know the stage, and then having it like a worked out bit? Like, what's what's your process in like writing material? Like, I, I get the idea in my head. Like, I like to listen to music. It gets me going. It gets me okay. Creative juices flowing. What kind of music? <laughs> you know what kind. No, I don't. Talk to yeah, me. I never, oh, well, rock music. I listen to rock. 70s what kind of rock? Talk to me. Our, our Zeppelin, listeners don't like know. Zeppelin, Hendrix, the, the, okay. the Doors, that type. Of, uh, nice. Yeah, I listen to that a lot. My mom took me to Zeppelin when I was seven years old. Yeah. Yeah, I saw uh, Zeppelin. I listen to that a lot. And it, it gets me. And I, lis I, lis I listen to jazz like Miles Davis. Okay. Train on it. All right. And when you mentioned Coltrane, that's when I discovered Coltrane. Oh, nice. So oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, all right. So I listen to music, and then I just think of things that kind of, like, bring out passion in me or, you know, like, 
like yeah, stuff that brings out passion. And okay. And then I, I think about it. I go on stage, and I just say it. You know, I just talk about it. Okay. And each time I go on stage, I remember what they laughed at. I remember the good points I made. All right. Do you do you record it or anything, or you no, just? Uh, I just remember it. You know. Mental thing. It's about just keep doing it, no matter even if they don't laugh. Explain the passion thing more. Like, how do you? What do you mean by that? Like, uh, like what part of the joke is the passion? Like, what do you? Wh- how do you know where to put the passion in in a joke? Like, what you know? It's all through the joke. It's okay. like when you setting the joke up. It's like what bothers you or what makes you what, like. If I don't understand why people act this way, yeah, I don't understand why they keep doing this. And then, well, you I have a yeah. Joke. You, I mean, you have nice highs and lows in your comedy, and so. I feel like you have, you know, a build that happens in your comedy. You know, like you'll kind of talk kind of slow, you'll talk kind of quiet, and then you'll kind of build listen. it up. Sure. They have to, you force them to listen. Like, not only do I, 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 don't, I, I write jokes, but I do a lot of research and studying on my mind. Okay. My mind and how to get your mind together and how to uh, get people to listen, how to use words. Yeah. You know, so I kind of not... I kind of do other things other than just jokes and funny stuff. I try to get my mind together. I work on that a lot. Just your mind and... Because w- and that's where your your passion is. You get your mind together, you'll find your passion. you got to find your passion. You know, people are afraid to actually speak their mind and say what they really feel. Yeah. They're, tr- they're always going for the joke. Okay. But if you, if you, if you touch them, like... Mentally, and there's nothing wrong with a joke. You know, I love jokes. But a joke is better when they when they feel you when you connect. Yeah, with them. I agree. I mean, yeah, I mean, I there's yeah, I feel jokes get a bad rap these days because um, I like jokes. I mean, I I just I don't even have like I don't even know what I'm doing sometimes on stage. Like a lot of comics are like oh, I'm this kind of comic. I'm like I don't. I, I, it depends on that night. I don't really know how I'm going to be on stage. Like sometimes I'm going to be kind of maybe a little more kind of like talky and kind of into them and talk to them or or like tonight I'm like I was irritated and so I'm like oh this fucking sucks you know like that's the passion. you know so that's you just like ugh and I'm just like feeling whatever that is and I'm like turning negative into funny and then that's you know. It's yeah, I guess it's a passion, you know. Yeah, that's the passion. You know, you was like, fuck so. this. You, <laughs> <laughs> you had that energy going, man. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Comedy. I know you might yeah. thought I was laughing at yeah. you, but no, I, I didn't care. I know yeah, you I are. I know you have my back. Yeah, uh, but I like to. But th- that's what I try to tell people too. It's like a lot of times, you know, it's really funny. I was here the other, I was here the other night, and uh, I was on stage, and and I say things on stage, and maybe I am feeling them. And maybe I'm, you know, like putting it out there and while something like, you know, I was like, God, I've been up here a long time. Somebody must be late and whatever. And then they lit me and I was like, no, you don't have to light me. Like, I'll do the fucking time. Like, that's just me being funny. Like, yeah. I'm just being like, oh, what, a, what the fuck? I've been up here. That's what comedians, you know. uh, they try to be comedians. They lose that because you have that at first. Yeah. And then you try to do, try to be a comedian. Yeah. Instead of just being who you are. Sure. You know that that's the problem with people. They like they stop being who they are and try yeah. to be this thing that they think they're supposed to be. And don't don't try to be a comedian. Be you. Well, yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of problem with a lot of you know kind of comics who don't know you know really understand the craft yet. 
they do an impression of what they think a comedian is. You know, it's like they hold the mic a certain way. They all hold their mic uh, like Todd Berry, and they hold it with two hands, or Mike Vecchione. Or it's it's so funny. I notice little details in like comics, and they come out and they and they all try to be you know this you know it used to be David Tell. That was a big one when I when I first started comedy. Like fifteen guys sounded like David Tell. It was just like they were all kind of doing David Tell. Like they all kind of had his style and the way he sounded and the way he dropped jokes and his delivery. And then it moved to like you know some you know like a Todd Berry or somebody else. And it's like it's just interesting because you don't know who you are on stage. So sometimes you emulate others or you kind of you know instinctually kind of like start to you know act like another comedian or like you know but it, but it is an impression sometimes of like they think that like to be a comedian you got to do it in this style which is you know like you know like a observational thing and like hey you know an airplane is, food it's cool. and yeah because cool. yeah. you need a variety of different kind of you can't comedy yeah. but it's not good because you're not being yourself so exactly what you're saying is what i'm trying to get at is where it's like you just have this idea of what a comedian is as opposed to Losing yourself on stage and being that true sense of you on stage. And that's what makes you funny. You know, that's what makes you different. And that's what keeps you from hacking. And that's what keeps you from, like, you know, makes you original is when you, like you said, lose yourself and become who you are on stage. That's important. That's what comedians forget. Yeah. You know, it's like for me, I used to be afraid to speak my mind and say what I was on my mind. I would say what I thought they wanted to hear. Yeah. Instead of actually saying what I having a point of view. Yeah. This is the way I feel about this situation. And if people are not going to agree with you, fuck them. I mean, they're like, oh, they're moaning and groaning. Like, all right, fuck you then. You just don't like yeah. what I do. Well, I, yeah. I think there's pivotal moments that happen in your career where I feel like, like with me, I remember the night I became a comedian was um, a night I was on stage and I did this edgy fucking joke and I because I did a lot of Latino and uh, urban rooms and black rooms and stuff and I did uh, New York Comedy Club had this uh, it was like Latino and urban comics and stuff and that's what they called it and um, I'm on stage I'm the only white guy on the show it's all black crowd and you know I was nervous as fuck and I was like whatever and I was like and then I, this idea came to me and I'd just been in New York for, you know a couple not not long probably eight months or something. And then uh, I got up on stage, and I, I think I said something like it was all black around. I was like, "Holy shit!" And I go, "I feel like I fell asleep and woke up on the on the two train." And they went crazy. And it was like, and then that's when I realized I can play with race, I can play with edge, I can just fuck with people and be silly, and they know I'm fucking around, and we all having a good time, and and. And then I, that's when I kind of started doing what I do. And it was like, it was just one joke, one moment, one particular type of crowd. And then it, it, yeah, and it cultivated kind of where my direction went in my comedy. And I think that's, you know, and you can't force those moments. You know, I think every comic probably has something similar to that. But you did it without thinking. Yeah. It was the, that's the passion. Well, yeah. Like. It was taking a risk. Yeah, taking a risk. I was like, came to. I was like, I'm just gonna open something new. I'm not gonna fucking just do some bullshit. I always do. I'm gonna like do something different. Take a risk. It could go either way. Not be worried about that because you get too caught up in. But that was just so funny. It's yeah. Like, and you wasn't trying to make them feel like they were less than you. No. You wasn't trying to make them feel like they were stupid. No. Because sometimes comics do jokes that are racist. Yeah. Because they're trying to like you're stupid. Like you know. They, they say things that you know is going. They know it's going to hurt. 
for this, they're getting it out there. I want to say this to you, and I can joke around because I'm a comedian, but yeah. we know you really mean that <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I don't see that much, you know. I mean, there's some people, I mean, they might be on the Kumia network, but I think... Uh, <laughs> 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 but uh let me talk um so how do you um you know a lot of comics um you know myself included have entertained the thought of going from New York to LA and I know you you know you did that and you went to New York you went you came to New York and then you went to LA and then now you're here in New York again and how does um you know how do you how do you feel like what, what what's the best thing for a comic to do you know do you feel like go, LA, LA helped by, you or hurt yourself. you or you know talk to me what happened go by yourself go like, by yourself when I went I went for the wrong reasons I wasn't prepared okay I was in love yeah what you know girl was about to have a baby and I went mm. there and I had that I I got married moved to LA and had a baby all in one year wow really in a few months. Okay. So that shit was like fuck with me. I was being a dad, a husband and moving across the country. Okay. You know? So was so comedy wasn't the for, the front focus. It was just like that stuff and then you were like, but I'm going to do comedy when I'm there. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking. I just do comedy when I was there. But then So how long were you in New York before you left LA? Uh about 6 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, about around 6 years. And where did you start? What clubs? In New York? Yeah. Uh, first club was the Boston Comedy Boston club. Comedy Club, yeah. You know, Dave got me into that. Okay. And then... Uh, so I didn't know you at the Boston. I was a little later. I used to sit in the back. They, you know, when you knew they don't put you up right yeah. away. So I, they'd say, oh, we'll put you up. And then Dave would come in. And all the regulars would come yeah. in. And they're like, we can't put you up. And I would sit there. i go, fuck, I spend money coming here. Yeah. And now I can't eat because I spend... Um, you know, the money to come here, and I didn't even get on stage, but that's frustrating. Yeah. Know? And I'd go home and be pissed, but I would keep coming back, you know. I'd yeah. Keep coming back. And then I, uh, I auditioned for Catch a Rising Star. Okay. Louis Ferranda was running at the time. He was oh, okay. It. And I passed, and I was getting spots like. How was that night. club? What was that like? It was good. Yeah. It was great. Louis was giving me spots like every night. Where was that club? Uh, I think on First Avenue. Somewhere. Okay. First Avenue, up somewhere around 50th or something. Okay, down. all right. I can't really remember, but I remember doing a lot of spots there, and then it closed. Oh, that's the worst. And then I went to the comic strip, <laughs> and I auditioned at the comic strip. Man, because okay. people were like, oh, man, Lucian's, ho you know, you remember Lucian. Sure. He was, he's tough. He's yeah. All this shit. And then I, I auditioned, and I was, I was excited. You had to pick a number. Yeah. The lottery. Yeah. And I got the number, and I was like, I got an audition out, man. I, fuck it, I ran to the train station. I was so excited. <laughs> I was so happy. You know, coming from Maryland yeah. to New York City and playing the comic strip where Eddie Murphy was playing. Oh, yeah. Man, I was sure. like, excited. And then when I passed, oh, man. It's a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. It felt yeah. so, because it meant so much back then. You didn't just get it. Evolution wasn't easy, man. Yeah, you had to be good, yeah. and you had to audition. You know, yeah. now it's like, you can get in any club to say, I'll bring 20 people. Yeah. And they put you up. 
Yeah, it's different. It was a different times. Different back then. You had to be good. You had to have your shit together. And you you remember you had to go behind Jay Moore, Chappelle, David Tell, Jim Gat. You had you had to bring the shit. Sure, there was. Or a, you get embarrassed. No, there was a pressure that was that was happening that's not there like it used to be, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I talk a lot about the Boston Comedy Club, but like I said, I think we missed each other in that era yeah. of Boston. You were there before me, and uh, but the comic strip, you know. Was one thing about the comic strip. I'll give the comic strip props. They're the only club in the city that still does the open audition like that. You know, Broadway's trying to do it, and some other clubs are starting to kind of open up and do that. But I feel like the strip is the one that kind of started it. And it's like, it's this thing if you guys don't know what it is, um, you know, if you're a young comic and you have an opportunity, you can go to the comic strip. They have a certain date where they hand out. Uh, dates for you like basically you just you show up in this day you stand in line that's like a huge line and it's so weird just it's, you know I always see when I see a lot of comics together I'm always like is it I, I didn't realize that many people did this you know what I mean because it feels like because there's only a small number of us that are at the clubs so it feels smaller than it is but when it comes to kind of younger people and people that aren't working and whatever I mean there's a lot of fucking people that want to be comics and then you have this big line, and then you get your audition. And then you have to go through, you know, at the comic strip, it was basically the MC would audition you. Starla. Starla. Oh, I yelled at her. I got, I got, yeah. I got fucking mad at her, man. She and, passed me. Yeah, she passed me. I got English mad at her. I got fucking crazy with her. She fucking... <laughs> Cause I, cause I would fucking murder, man. I would murder, and I would just be like, "Come on!" And it was just like I just I threatened. I was crazy back then. I just so I used to be a fucking nut. no, and I flipped out on her, and I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" And I was just like, well, "I'm a working comic. I'm on the road. I'm fucking doing my thing." I was, you know, I used to drink a lot, and like, <laughs> I'm not the I'm not the well-rounded, nice Dustin everybody knows, but it's like. Uh, and then, you know, I kept coming at her and eventually and I said, yeah, I go, I go, good luck getting in at Gotham or something. Because I was like, I was running Gotham and I was like, yeah, fucking, yeah, I was like being an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to fucking, I'll ruin you, motherfucker. Like, I was like, yeah, good luck getting over there. I'm fucking running that place. And then she, uh, then she said, all right, fuck it, I'll pass you. But And then she got in my face. She's like, Lucian's not going to pass you. And I was just like, I don't give a fuck. Just let him see me. Yeah. Just let him see me. And so, um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not embarrassed of this. I'll I'll, I'll admit what happened. So um, so I got um, so I got an audition for for Lucian, right? And before before I got the audition for Lucian, and this is true, I was working on a sitcom and a pilot that I just was independently writing with some people and stuff. And in the pilot, um, I had I, I needed a woman for this role, and it was like a, a comedy club waitress or something. And Lucian at the time was with Vanessa Hollingshead. And um, and I, I'd written a part for her, <laughs> maybe with maybe with implications of getting into the strip. I don't know. But I wrote I wrote this I wrote this fucking script. Right. And I had it with me. So I had the, and I had a good audition and I, wore, I deserved it. I was as good as anybody else. It was fucking audition. And so I had a good set. And then. And then, you know, I'm sitting there and you would go in this little, tiny little office. You know, that place is so tiny. And then you would, you know, Lucian would just be there and he just, he had this air about him. And he, he the way he talked, 
Like he just said, uh, I don't know, Dustin. I have so many white guys, and uh, yeah, I really that. don't need a uh, another white guy. What makes you different? Uh, you know, like he, like he was really like that's a terrible. I don't know how he talked. <laughs> how it was a terrible you? impression. But Dustin, I can't do it. Look, Jim Florentine does a good one. I can't do it. But. And then I remember I pulled it out of my pocket, and it was uh, it was a pilot script, and I said, "Well, actually, I'm writing a show, and uh, oh, just I mean, just to throw it out there, you know, this part Teresa would be perfect for Vanessa," and then, <laughs> and I gave it to him, and I fucking passed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you learn, like, okay, you gotta. This is showbiz, baby. Show you you got to be creative. And uh, he passed me, and uh, you know you get shit spots and here and there, and you know for a long time, and I didn't, you know, I got like a check spot or whatever. Eventually, I started getting better spots, and you know and that's the thing is you had said something earlier about you know when people quit and stuff, and it's like you know or, or like a booker moves on or somebody or a club closes down or you know and then you got to start over somewhere. And when you uh, go to LA and come back, you yeah. start over. Oh my God! So what was that like coming back from LA? Just uh, the bookers changed. Sure. And only only people that know you are the comics that came up with you. So. Okay. And then you got new comics. Yeah. So yeah, it's like you got to work your way back, because when you left, somebody took your spot. Yeah. And now you got to get your spot back, so you're fighting for that that territory, you know. Yeah, trying to get back in there. I want to tell you when when Lucian passed me. Yeah. He told me to do late night. Okay. Because you had to do late night. You passed. Yeah. He said, I want you to do late night. So I said, okay. I did late night twice. Then I said, I can't keep coming down here. I had no money for this shit. Yeah. So I didn't show up no more. Yeah. And he, like, uh, what was it, like a week later, Lucian calls me on the phone. Oh, wow. Hello, Teddy. Uh, <laughs> you haven't been at the club lately. And, <laughs> and I was like, hey, man, I can't because, you know, I don't have no money to be coming back. And he's like, well, let's see what we can work out. So he gives me spots on the weekend mm. to do like, like maybe I don't know it was a check spot, and he said I'll pay you. Uh, I think he was paying me like thirty or forty dollars, something like that. Okay, fifty, whatever he was. Pay- he was paying me something like that. So he paid me so I can come and do late night. Wow. So I got, and then I was killing where the person that was closing, like, just let Teddy close it. Sure. Like he's doing a check spot. Like fuck, they they're not listening to me. They stopped. Paying the checks, listening to him, and then they, you know, they talking to him. So he, that's when I started closing the show. That's how nice. I started closing the show. So if you work hard enough, yeah, the shit will happen. It yeah, it might not happen the way you want it to happen. Oh yeah, but it will happen. Yeah, I mean, I did uh, did check spots for like two years at the strip, and that's the thing too, is you know, I got good at doing comedy during checks. You know, and I think that's the thing with, you know, I do check spots for my young comics and stuff, and I feel like some of them really get it, you know, like, uh, you know, Petey Diabro is one of my students and stuff, and he, you know, he figured out a way to be funny during checks. He, he watched all of us, and he he took the advice, right? and he found a positive, positive, and he, positive. he made it good, and he had his own personality up there, and he made it just like a spot, it, like it wasn't affected. Then I got guys that go up, and they just complain because it's a check spot. And then, like, but any spot in comedy, you know, you can get something out of it. But, but that's the thing is, like, you know, you have to you have to stand out. My whole thing is, be the best comic in the club, you know, or go home. Like, my whole thing is like the goal should always be the best comic in the room. 
And it's like if you know, and that's how you're gonna get ahead, you know. And it's and not like in a competitive way, like you suck, I don't want you, da, 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 and I'm better than you. Nothing like that. But you want to at least rise up and be, you know, like a, like you know, like when I'm on a show with you, I know you're gonna, you know, you're gonna go at them, you're gonna go hard. So I want to go hard, and it's like, and you always want to rise and stay with the comics in the company that you're in yeah. and you know and you always win because and we always want to do each other to do well i want you to kill i want to ha have a good set i want everybody to have a good set you know yeah i don't know why people want people to bomb like how that's, that doesn't help you really it doesn't it's not helping you that he bombs you, yeah you know who you are that's why you want and, him to bomb unless you take a spot and then his motherfucker bad, bombs so. But I call it like if you use the negative to your to your advantage, like use something that's negative and make it a positive, it makes you stronger. I yeah. call it the Terminator effect. Okay. Yep. You, you remember the Terminator, the first one? Oh, I love that one. Remember the, it's she, my favorite. the girl was like all scared and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she was going through all that shit, and she had to step up. She, the real Sarah Connor had to come out, <laughs> and it came out. Remember the, the beginning of the movie? She was like, ah, she was yeah, scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scared. Yeah. By the end of the movie, she was like, "Come on, motherfucker!" <laughs> she, she, that, was the, that was her deep down inside, and after that, she started, started learning how to use knives and guns, and she became who she was. That's the thing: you go through the check spots, you go through the hard shit yeah. to bring out the real you. I like that. I'm gonna fucking use that in my life. I don't think I Terminator enough. Terminator. Termin Get a Terminator. You would think that they sent the Terminator to kill her. If they would just left her alone. Yeah. She would never train. She would never taught her son. And they would have sure. nothing to worry about. So sometimes <laughs> you got to leave shit alone with it and let it work itself. Yeah, you attacked her. She got fucking she she got got ripped. Strong, and man. You remember, right? Yeah, she was and like, the second one, she's like fucking doing pull-ups with one arm and, yeah. you know, shotguns, like pump shotguns with one arm. It was a good thing that happened. Made her, you know, Well, it's true. Comedy, everything I've done in comedy has made me a better comic. And uh, every bad experience has made me a better comic, you know, being booed, having shit thrown at me, um, just, you know. Oh, tough, right? Yeah, it just makes you um, able to handle any situation, you know. And it's just like like nine people, you know, on a show or whatever, you know. It's like, you've, I mean, how many times have we had that? So it's like, you know, it's nothing, you know. I mean, you still get affected because you, you want it to be a good experience, but you can handle it. You can get laughs out of it. You know, you can find a way to pull laughs out of a, a shitty room or a room that's light or whatever. See, I like that because then it's a test. Like, you, yeah. you really think you're good? You know, you tell yourself, I'm the baddest motherfucker out yeah. there. All right, we'll prove it. Yeah. Now, it's a situation where they couldn't handle. If you're yeah. better than they are, you should yeah. be able to handle that situation. I don't think I like it, but when it's over, I learn from it. <laughs> <laughs> but you feel better after, yeah. right? Yeah, I would prefer a fucking nice packed crowd. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that, that's what I like. <laughs> I like when, like, if you kill in front of me, yeah. and I have to follow that. Sure. I love that shit. Yeah, no, well, that's, yeah, you're a true competitor and a good comic, and, you know, so you... And it's also, I'd rather follow somebody killing than somebody so, tanking. Cause, yeah, because tanking, you got to fucking dig yourself out of that hole. You're like, well, yeah. this motherfucker threw me in the hole. <laughs> now I got to get out. Well, also, when you tank, it's like, you know, a lot of times the audience just assumes you're going to suck, too. Yeah. 
Yeah. So they put this label on you. So you get up on stage and you're just like, oh, he's going to suck just like that last guy. And they don't even care that you're older or a better comic or more credits. They don't give a shit half the time. You got to take that label off. Yeah. You, you got to. It's like a fucking. Yeah, you do. And that's the thing is they'll, you know, they'll just stare at you and just, you know, give you that. They give you no respect, you know. And it's just like that's the thing is like you have to earn it sometimes. You got to convert them into thinking you're funny and knowing that you're funny. But uh, yeah, man, I think it's if you could if you could tell your young, young, young comedy self, you know, something that, you know, if you could go back in time, what would you tell it? Your young comedy self, brand new Teddy Smith, 19 years old, starting stand up comedy. What would you tell yourself? I would say study, 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 research, research, Su- research, study, work on your mind, get stronger. Uh, work with knives. <laughs> work with knives. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's training. Yourself. It's just like you gotta train <laughs> your mind because once your mind is there. But what's man, the study? You what do you what do you mean by study? Like study of the comics, study, study the greats. Study comics. Study what makes like I study rock stars. Okay, I, me too. I watch the I watch their concerts. Me too. Yeah. I go, why do these people love them so much? How sure. do you get the crowd to respond? To me, the way they respond to them, and you okay. watch their body movements, you watch the inflection in their voices, how okay. they talk to the audience. I use stuff that had nothing to do with comedy, sure. but it makes my comedy stronger. Chris Rock studied preachers, so you know everybody. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. I study rock stars, like, yeah. I'm, and I'm thinking yeah. myself, I'm a rock star, and okay. I keep repeating this over and over again. Like how yeah. Ali said, "I'm the greatest." Yeah, he yeah. kept saying to. Even when he didn't believe it, he just kept saying it until he convinced himself, I am the greatest, and he became the greatest. You got to keep saying it over and over to yourself, and you got to believe it. You got to yeah. say, hey, even if you bomb, you still say, I'm, I'm still good. I'm still good. <laughs> yeah. I just had, I had a bad night, yeah, but I'll be up tomorrow, and I'll kill it. I'll kill it, man. Make it stronger. All right, Teddy. This was, uh, this was an interesting interview. We had the, <laughs> we had the ghost of Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, it's going to be a classic right here. <laughs> We've had to start this thing over like five times. I'm like editing this thing to 12 different sections. Um, you want to promote anything? What do you got going on? You got any, anything? Gigs uh, or show, websites or shows? January what do you got? 28th. Yeah. I got a show called Taking Chances. Oh, yeah. At, uh, Broadway Comedy Club. Nice. It starts at 8 o'clock. It's okay. In Red Room. What kind, it's of really sh- cool what kind like of show is it? It's a show where, like, and I got to get you on it because I, I, it's comedy I want them to uh, just let it go. Take yeah. a chance. Don't be safe. Gotcha. Take risks. Take chances on stage. Okay. And if, if you're afraid, they're not going to laugh. Just do it. Yeah, be I got who you. who you are. I like that. You know, so I, I definitely... Yeah, this is one of your first. You haven't produced a lot of shows, so this is interesting. I never. It's yeah. like this is my third one, but it's good, man. Yeah. It's people having fun. Okay. I have, I have a guy named Jeff singing at the end of it. He closes. Oh, the show Jeff Mono. Out. Yeah, he's a good yeah, dude. He sings. Yeah, that's so, cool, man. You know, and I try to help comics that don't get into other clubs. I got I try you. Try to you know help them because I know how it feels, man. Okay. You know? Yeah. No, I think that's good. I think. Uh, yeah, every comic should produce a show at some point in their career. You know, it's like you should know what it's like yeah, to be on the other yeah. side of it. I know. <laughs> you, you got you to learn. You got to, yeah. you know, don't be afraid to try different things. and Absolutely. Come, get out of your uh, comfort zone. I like you know? it. Uh, how can we uh, check you out on social media? Where are you at? Uh, Facebook is Teddy Smith. Right. Instagram, Prophet Teddy. Prophet. The Prophet Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Prophet of comedy. And, rock and, star of comedy. And, uh, Twitter, which I really don't really use, but is uh, 
Yeah. Teddy the comedian or whatever or some shit. Teddy co- the comic. There's like twelve of those, dude. Come on. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't even like I don't even Twitter. I don't do that. Tweet. Uh, twi- uh, Twitter's yeah, tough, tweet, man. Twi- tweet. Tweet. Twit. Twat. Twat. Twerking. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Gotta get out there. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to. I'll leave you with this. With Dustin Chafin. Thank you for my very special guest, Teddy Smith. Uh, it was a lot of fun here in the green room at the legendary Danger Fields in New York City on New Year's Eve. I uh, hope everybody has a happy, happy 218. We're going to uh, have a good year. I feel it for all the comedians out there and all the regular people. Thank you for listening, and bye-bye. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.